0: The cannabis industry is growing almost as fast as the cannabis and hemp being planted and harvested. Where, when, and how fast will the cannabis and hemp industries continue to climb? Who will be the people leading the charge into that promised land of profit? Let's pursue those answers and more with The Plant Profits, powered by Protus Global.
1: Hello
2: everyone, I am Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. Plant Profits is fueled by Proteus Global People Solutions. And we're joined today by the founder of a company which provides state-of-the-art ozone-based technology for post-harvest microbial decontamination in the marijuana business industry. And that's what she's doing. And Marijuana Business Daily has named her one of the women To watch in cannabis. And I see I I saw that edition. And uh, I remember actually seeing her. So uh, that's very cool. She has also been honored by Cannabis Lifestyle Magazine, by Green Dolphin, as one of the 20 most influential women in the cannabis industry. She is a leader. And Leaders Magazine is one of the influential businesswomen in cannabis industry. So I want you all to welcome my guest today, uh, Jill Ellsworth. Jill uh, is the CEO and the founder of Willow Industries. Jill, how are you?
1: Hi, Vern. Good. How are you?
2: I am doing awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. How could we not have you with all the accomplishments you've (laughs) had in the cannabis industry and and all the things you're doing, you are a true leader in the space, and uh, that's what this program is about: is is having those folks on, and um, you fit right in. You're one awesome. of the leaders. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Absolutely. So now, now, Jill, just uh, thinking about you a little bit. Now, did you grow up in in Southern Cal?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Southern California, uh more like. Central, and uh, I also grew up in Colorado, so kind of both places.
2: Oh, you were in both places, but you went yeah. to Westlake. I did. You went to Westlake. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you are so. you familiar with the area?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm familiar with the area, and uh, there's been a, a few people we probably all know c- came out of Westlake, right? Le- like. Like Jill Ellsworth.
1: Oh, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides that. <laughs>
2: no that's that's cool and and uh uh you went to northridge
1: to school to school for a
2: communications degree
1: yeah gosh that seems like what were you thinking
2: yeah what were you thinking coming out of Westlake and going into communications what were you doing
1: well i actually was a voice major okay i was singing at the time i was an opera singer and oh you're gonna have to. you know we're
2: gonna have to sample this oh we're, we're gonna have to sample this Jill
1: that's gonna have to be on your next <laughs> podcast it is way okay. too early in Denver All to right. be singing opera for you but uh, okay. I promise you I will okay uh, that's a
2: promise <laughs> noted done okay
1: so I mean I you know I was singing and and Northridge was a great place to be and yeah. when I decided maybe singing wasn't the path I was going to take I transitioned and got a communications degree because that just yeah.
0: seemed
1: you know pretty wide ranged and broad.
2: Yeah. What what really happened though? What was the moment that turned you
1: to moving into communication?
2: No, yeah, from 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 going getting out of voice. Was it because um, you've been doing it since you were 3 or what what was the reason?
1: You know, I had I had been singing, yeah, my whole life. Yeah. and realized that I, I wanted to make money. <laughs> and I think my days as like a Britney Spears pop star had like come to an end. And that probably wasn't the path I was headed down. So I had a real a uh, real talk with myself. It's like, okay. let's, let's transition and do something a little different.
2: No, that's cool. That is cool. But then you decide to keep going to school. You went to Northridge and you made a decision. Now what? You know, uh, there's some magic must have happened. I mean, you you because this this decision influenced the rest of your life, basically, right? You decide to get into nutrition and dietitian. Um, right. You made that that seems like a big switch from voice to communications to health.
1: I know. I had always been interested in health. I was a long distance yeah. runner. I loved okay. nutrition and okay. felt what a great, what a great path to go down. Mm -hmm. It was was really supporting one of my passions, and um, I wanted to learn more. I wanted to be really knowledgeable on the subject.
2: Well, so it was just natural curiosity.
1: It was. Uh It really was. I was like, let's, I wanted to go do something different. And so figured, why don't I actually become a registered dietitian and get a master's in nutrition? And so that is what I did.
2: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So then then you you really got involved in in that um and and talk about what that change has done to your life to going into health and wellness and dietitian and just being cuz you you've done a lot of things with that before
1: today. Right, it's interesting where that path has taken me. Yeah. I mean, I you know, I've always been um, very curious, and okay. so, and always been, you know, an entrepreneur at heart. And mm-hmm. so, this really gave me the platform to go explore. I think what you know, my greater purpose is, but also to find ways to engage with other people mm-hmm. and find solutions to problems that weren't being addressed. And interestingly enough, you That's know, becoming great. a dietitian uh-huh. uh, actually helped me get to this point.
2: What an interesting path, though, to get to that point, right? As uh, you you went through the 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 health and and wellness. Now, you know, uh, and I've known some dietitians because I mean, looking at me, you may not think I I do believe in health, and at one point, I was really healthy. Um,
1: <laughs> no judges <on> my end
2: <laughs> Okay, so. Uh, it, you know and and the thing that I um, I was fascinated about is how detail oriented those people are right and, I mean it's, it it's it's really detail oriented and which I'm, I'm maybe not the most detail oriented person. So it always amazed me and astounded me of, of what you can get done in, in, in those kinds of things and and being in that uh, that profession you know?
1: Yes. I mean, I feel like it draws in type A personalities. Okay. Very detail oriented, you yeah. know, attention to the details like OCD type of, you know, a type of personality that is really aggressive as a go-getter, but also that really loves like very intricate details and can like be very organized in that sense.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's, that's, that's quite interesting. Now, um, that influenced your life and you, you did some things. I mean, you got involved with, um, uh, health institutes training and, and, and really writing, just really writing menus for individuals and people. Did you get involved with corporate? Did it go to the point where you got involved with corporate, uh, um, programs or, or sport, uh, sporting teams and, and, and that, perspective.
1: I actually did some internships with sport dietitians. So okay. we worked with athletes, which okay. I was very interested in. I mean, I love the sport You're an athlete. Yeah. Aspect. yeah. Right. And then in terms of the corporate side, you know, when I had my own consulting business, I certainly helped corporations develop uh, healthier options, healthy alternatives for their employees, but I didn't right. really get super involved on the corporate side. I was more interested in building my own business.
2: Yeah, you even you even uh, did some writing for, for strong right live yeah. Strong. yeah
1: yeah I did, I was I was trying to find ways to to really honor this entrepreneurial spirit that I have yeah and and I was like well great this is a way to do that and back then when I started that you know mm-hmm. writing for these types of platforms and blogs, no one was doing this so it was very early on which I did loved. you enjoy
2: that did you you enjoy yeah. the writing.
1: Oh, I loved it. It was great. It was such a fun way to spread my knowledge okay. um, and to also have you know a great platform. Now, I mean, you know, I think everyone blogs, and it, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of concerning like who you can trust and who you can't. Yeah, you can always go to the professionals.
2: <laughs> yeah, blogs and podcasts—they're everywhere, right? They're, yeah. they're 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 everywhere. It's the the new communication medium. Uh, uh, blogs and uh podcasts look we're, we're gonna take a break we're gonna take a quick break and, and jill when we come back i'm really we're gonna dive into some of the the things you've done as an entrepreneur and creating products and routes to market and yeah. et cetera so we're gonna we're gonna really uh dive into that i'm vern davis your host of plant profits and plant profits is fuel by Protus Global People Solutions. And my guest today, uh, really enjoying Jill Ellsworth. She is the CEO and founder of Willow Industries. She's a leader in the cannabis space. Thank you.
0: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages.
1: Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies.
0: The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Hey, welcome back. I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, and plant profits is fueled by produce global people solutions. My guest today is Jill uh, Ellsworth. She is the CEO and the founder of Willow Industries, a really cool business that we're gonna talk about here today at some point. And the first thing, you know, when we left, Jill, we were talking about how you got into dietitian to become a dietitian and and what that meant to you. That was a personal journey for you, which is, um, uh, absolutely very cool and then so you mentioned at the beginning of the show here that that you you were in two places early in your life you were in California and Colorado one of the questions I have is really is how did the transition because Colorado and the latter part has been a really a mainstay for you so tell tell us that Colorado California mystery what how did you become? one to go back and forth so early in your life in both places and now you're in Colorado.
1: Yeah, of course. So my my dad uh you know his job kind of like had us traveling okay. a lot when I was younger, but as an adult, uh I was living in Santa Barbara okay. and I owned a cold pressed juice company. And it was going really well. Uh-huh. But uh, my parents had recently moved back to Colorado. And, you know, I was personally looking for a change. I had been in California for a long time. I wanted to do something different. Yeah. I, was, I was researching found that, you know, the, the cold pressed juices that I was making, no one was really doing that in Colorado. So I was like, listen, I'm just going to relaunch my business <laughs> in Colorado and uh, I'm moving. And so that's what I did.
2: So you started the business in Santa Barbara yeah okay which is not a bad place
1: i know yeah I
2: mean, I mean you you were you were roughing it there yeah. so you're you're in in santa barbara and you decided now how did you get into how did the cold pressed juice how did that come to you
1: i've always loved cold pressed juice i've okay. been using for decades uh okay. you know very very something that's very like you know true to my heart so okay you know when i started looking at health trends yes also as my role as a dietitian you know i felt that my clients needed a, needed a conduit needed something to a, a tool to help them on their health journey okay. i could give them meal plans and i could tell them what to eat but compliance right. is low so I said, if I had a product, maybe that would help. And so I kind of took that idea, but then also my love for cold-pressed juices and yeah. how that was becoming this great trend. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to start a cold-pressed juice company. And <laughs> oh, that let's is- do
2: that. Let's just, let's just get that done. Okay.
1: And so that's, <laughs> and that's what I did. So it was a great tool for my clients, but then also, you know, it became a great way to get really vital nutrients into your body.
2: Yeah. So that was all very consistent with everything you've been doing, uh, from that perspective and, and it added value to your engagement with your clients, I'm I'm sure. Now your cold press, so you relaunched it in in Colorado. Where in Colorado are you guys?
1: We're right in Denver.
2: Then okay. So you relaunched it and it became the first cold press juice in Colorado? Yes. Why? That's weird.
1: I know, I know. You you think of Colorado as this really great healthy state. And people are. They they're exercising all the time. But buying an $8 juice, you know, wasn't a novelty here. So I was like, well, I need to, of course, bring that to Colorado. Yeah. And, and, so, and so that's what I did. You know, it was really early in the, in the life cycle of cold-pressed juices and exactly. medical juices. Yeah. So we were the first to launch in the state.
2: Vibrant Earth Juices. Yes. Now, where'd the name come from? It's really cool.
1: I, you know, I really wanted to to encapsulate, you know, what did it feel like drinking fresh organic fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. and they came from the earth and it made you feel vibrant. And so, you know, I was running one day and came up with that name. I was like, oh, that sounds, that sounds good.
2: (laughs) So what was it like being an entrepreneur? You building your company?
1: I mean, it's hard as hell.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But you know, it's really inspiring. You're like doing it, you know, yeah. you're in it, you're in the thick of it. Right. I, I love building businesses. I think that's why I'm on my third company. Um, it's something that I'm good at. And yeah. um I I love that creativity that, you know, the start of something could uh-huh. be very big.
2: Yeah. What what do you think makes you really good at it?
1: Um, I'm very creative. Okay, I'm very organized.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, I'm, I'm really thinking ahead, like I can see, you know, four steps down the road. Okay, um, I, and I understand how to engage with customers, like I have really good people skills. So mm-hmm. I, I've always found a way to, you know, launch something and get people mm-hmm. really excited about it.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah it's 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 quite interesting you you mentioned that you you can see four steps ahead well at some point with VEJ you decided i needed a route to market solution so you created this distribution business yeah. right? right so tell right. t- t- tell us about that because now now you're gathering other healthy products right and 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 uh, creating some mass and putting them on trucks
1: yeah. Right. I mean, I was actually driving a fifteen.
0: <laughs> bet you did.
1: Yeah. And <laughs> delivering products to Whole Foods and
0: mm-hmm. grocery
1: stores across Colorado. Uh, that that part was, you know, not as glamorous.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, what I'm saying here, though, and and if if you just if people pay attention to the timeline, you really you started a business, and then a year later, you decided. I need to create a business to support this business. Yeah. And and what made you do that? Cuz that takes capital to put vehicles on the road uh, versus uh, trying to find a suitable logistics partner.
1: I had I had really struggled with distribution companies and logistic partners. That was yeah. that was really challenging, but I had, you know, interestingly enough, from the juice company, that was an asset that I had. And okay. so I had a truck. Um, and so I was like, well, why isn't this truck being put to use? Like this needs to be on the road all day, you know, making money. Yeah. And so, you know, I found other products to get on that truck and, you know, to just have a wide distribution network. Mm -hmm. It was something that I, you know, very much did not understand, but it was able to make work for, you know, a short amount of time. And then I was able to sell it.
2: Yeah. (laughs) I saw that you sold it to sunrise.
1: sunrise. Yeah. So I sold it to, you know, uh, a really strong distribution company Uh that wanted, you know, our assets and our customers and what we had built.
2: So I got to ask you, you, you know, you, you born Vibrant Earth Juices, uh, the distribution network was molded into a, melded into another distribution distributor. So, but is your product that you created, is it still alive?
1: Sadly, no. Oh. Um, I know it's so sad. It, it definitely was a heartbreak for me. Yeah. But it was, you know, where I am today, it was the right decision. I uh-huh. sold my direct to consumer business. So I had this really robust cleanse business. Juice cleanses okay. were a thing, you know. Okay, five, yeah,
2: you know. absolutely. So
1: I sold that business and then my retail business, we were in safeways and, and lots of grocery mm-hmm. chains in Colorado. I actually closed that. The margins weren't good. I was okay. bleeding cash and okay. It made sense to make a really smart financial decision at that time. It broke my heart, honestly. <laughs> but, you know, I, I I knew something was out there for me that was bigger than what I was doing. And so I just, I made the tough decision and ripped off the Band-Aid and moved on.
2: Yeah, but you created this this alcohol kombucha. Right.
1: Well I actually so that was I was more of a distributor for them. You were I launched okay. their product. I launched their product in Colorado. They hadn't had, okay. a, they had a distribution here. So um so that was great for okay. that was great for the company and you know they do fantastic and it was a great opportunity for me.
2: Oh, that's great. No, absolutely. So, hey, look, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive into what you're hot on right now, Willow Industries. I am Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits, Plant Profits at Fueled by Produce Global People Solutions. Having fun today with Jill Ellsworth. She is the CEO and founder of Willow Industries.
0: Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages.
2: 2000- Garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com.
0: The Plant Profits are back to lead the pursuit of the promised land of plant profit. Only on CannabisRadio.com.
2: Welcome back. I'm Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is fueled by Protus Global People Solutions. My guest today is Jill Ellsworth, CEO and founder of Willow Industries. And she's we've just found out she's a maniacal, just you know, entrepreneur, loves to loves to work her ass off and just do crazy, crazy things and have fun and be healthy and help us all be healthy. She's she's benefited us all. And some of the things that she's done. So I think that's, that's cool. But Willow Industries, how was that born? And tell us what it is.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, since we've kind of delved into my past, again, Vern, thank you for, you know, really asking questions that typically I don't get asked. I love it. Uh, Right. You know, I, so... As I was kind of moving away from the juice business, the distribution company, I was yeah. looking at my next move. What next business could I come up with? And was looking at cannabis. I mean, I've always kind of Why not?
2: Cannabis. You're in Colorado, right. right?
1: Right. Um, have always been, you know, a personal casual fan. Yeah. And so I, you know, I was starting to look at the regulations. And one of my friends who was a cultivator at the time, he called okay. me, he said, listen. The state of Colorado is testing for mold and yeast. He's like, I don't know what that is, but how did you make sure that your juices were free from this? Like, what did you do? And so I started looking at the regulations and thought, wow, there aren't there are processes that are required in food and beverage, Hmm. and those aren't required in cannabis right now. It's mainly a kill step. And what a kill step is, is what all of your food goes through to ensure that you as a consumer is safe from any pathogen. So ensuring that, you know, your milk doesn't have E. coli, it goes through a step to ensure that process is safe. Okay. And I was thinking, wow, there's no, there's no way to ensure that cannabis is safe for, for consumers. So I was like, I need to find a way to clean weed. And yeah, and that is what we have done at Willow. Clean
2: weed. I love it. <laughs> I could actually see you saying that.
1: <laughs> so that, that is exactly what we've done. So we have developed a process to okay. ensure that cannabis is free from pathogens, which and that includes mold, yeast, yes, e. coli, and salmonella. Okay. So we invented a system that essentially cleans weed using ozone to get rid of these pathogens. So Damn. one cultivators can ensure they sell all of their crop, right. And they don't have to um, destroy, destroy any of it.
2: Absolutely. And then
1: two, and most importantly, and kind of what I've been realizing I've championed my whole life is consumers and having a, a safe, healthy product.
2: Hmm. Well, that's awesome. So tell, tell me, Tell me how it works. You said you're cleaning weed, so you know I'm I'm picturing this huge wind turbine <laughs> that's that's removing everything off it like you're putting it through a dryer. So and, and I'm I'm sure I'm totally wrong, but give me an idea. What is it and how does it work?
1: Well, Vern, you aren't wrong because Uh-oh. our new system <laughs> similarly looks like a dryer, actually. Um, So what it is, is we have two different units. We have a chamber unit and we have a drum unit. And so you put in cured dried flour. So shelf ready flour. So you put it into the system. You essentially just press start and ozone floods the chamber. And so what that does is it breaks down any spores or pathogens on the flour. So it kills all of the, you know, if there's mold and yeast on the flour, it will kill all of that without disrupting terpenes, cannabinoids, structure, color, any of the flavor characteristics, that all remains the same. Okay. But at the end of the cycle, you essentially have clean, safe flour.
2: That is amazing. Now, um, so I have clients that are in the tobacco industry, right? And they have these, and that's where I got this idea. That's why I said what I said, is they have these machines that, dry the tobacco leaves and, and make sure that uh, there's no mold and etc. But it's, it's kind of, it's, 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 it's magical. I mean, you, they got to dry them but not destroy them. You know, it, it's, it's, it's very precise uh, type of business. Is that similar to what you're doing?
1: Absolutely. I mean, we certainly don't operate on the scale that I imagine the tobacco companies are doing. (laughs) Oh, but Um, we have a future. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh,
1: Someday. But for now, I mean, yes, you know, we we of course protect the efficacious properties of the plant. And we want to ensure cultivators like we're not coming in to destroy your flower. What we are doing is ensuring that you're going to pass state testing.
2: Okay. And that's critical.
1: Yeah. Or you can't sell it. Yeah. No, you can't sell it. And then all your profits are gone. Right. So, pass state testing and then just ensuring that your consumers at your dispensary are getting safe flower. I mean, because a lot of patients are medical. And so it's important that this medicine is safe and clean.
2: Yeah, that's that's awesome. You're you're always just walking right into a need, Jill. That that is awesome. So, how do people? How do how do growers, cultivators? How do they hear about you? How do owners hear about? You? How do how do companies, multi-state operators, hear about you? How do you get distribution of your process? We
1: so we've been around for five years since okay. twenty fifteen. Okay. And um, you know. The end of 2015. And so we've done, you know, we've, we've been at every trade show, Right. we have a robust sales team. We have lots of, you know, outbound calls, but really, I mean, growers find us because Mm -hmm. we have great SEO as well. Mm -hmm. And so, but there is this need. I always believe from the beginning this would be you know a very important need and necessity in the industry. And when a grower is faced with contamination, which almost every single grower is
2: uh, at some um, point, yes it's
1: inevitable. Yes. They need a solution and that's what we are. And so, you know, we work currently we're in 22 states, Ooh, we work with nice. hundreds of uh cultivators around the country. Mm-hmm. We work with many of the MSOs because, you know, they don't want to risk losing their crop, but they also don't want to risk a recall or, you know, someone getting sick.
2: Yeah, that kill step. I love that because you're you're right. If that doesn't go well, I mean you're out of business for a while. Right. And that and 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 some at some point in your evolution as a business that may be that may kill you. It may be over, right? And you may can't come back. So you found a very critical critical need. Do you have competition?
1: We have competition outside of Ozone. So there's no one else in the industry that is competing with Ozone. We also are patented. So we. Okay, we great. I was going to ask really, you. That. Yeah. yeah. So we have two patents around our um, invention. Okay. But there are other companies that provide different technologies. So irradiation is one of them. Okay. And radio frequency is another. Okay. And so, you know, there are some cultivators out there that choose to go that route. It's a little, mm-hmm. you know, a pretty intense process for, mm-hmm. you know, this type of medicinal plant. But um, there's, you know, there's cultivators for every need.
2: Mm, that's great. So five years, How, how's the business? How you doing?
1: Good. Things are really good. I mean, listen, we were way early. We were yeah. so early. No one wanted to hear that contamination was a thing or that their weed had mold on it. I mean, if you tell a master mm-hmm. grower, he may have moldy weed, you know, it's, it's not a great conversation to have. No. So, So it it took a really long time for the industry to to listen and start to adopt, you know, a lot of this new technology coming out, but also adopt standards from historical markets like food and beverage.
2: Yeah.
1: And and that's really what we're modeling.
2: Oh, that's that is terrific. And that's the way to go. Um, How many people in the business now?
1: So we have 21 employees. Nice. Most of our team, Uh thank you. Most of our team here is in Denver. Uh, But we have Michigan, California, and Oklahoma.
2: Okay. Okay, great. And growing.
1: And growing. We're currently raising our Series A.
2: Oh. So,
1: you know, lots of excitement around um, Mm -hmm. around that. Lots of work. (laughs) Lots
2: of work. How how close are you?
1: Uh, we launched about a month ago, so okay. pretty early on.
2: Has How, the uh, appetite for your product?
1: It's really strong. Okay. And, you know, I think it's, again, it's taken the time for, uh, you know, people in the industry to really understand the need for this. It seemed like a novelty. Now it's a the Really?
2: I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. But see, and that that's really interesting the more these companies, these companies get um, consumer product type folks, uh, you know, pharma type folks, tobacco type folks that go through processes to get a product to the consumer, uh, the more exposure that comes through those eyes. Uh, I mean, it, I, there's just no way you can't have one of your machines or or that process that kill step you got to have something there that you can count on
1: agreed right. and when yeah. the fda gets involved right you know this is going to be a swift change
2: yeah it, 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 it's going to be part of it and you got to be ready for that and we could talk about that forever i really enjoyed my chat with you today
1: same here. Thank you so much. It's great oh, absolutely. To with you.
2: And I'm and I'm I'm so happy that you you got a chance to to really speak to us about Willow Industries because what you're doing there is critically important to the future of the cannabis industry. So, uh, absolutely, thank you for for your contributions there, Jill Ellsworth, CEO and founder of Willow Industries. I'm Vern Davis, I'm your host of Plant Profits and I wanna thank you all for joining us. We had a terrific conversation today. You can download episodes of Plant Profits by going to CannabisRadio.com. CannabisRadio.com has been a great partner. Or subscribe to wherever you get your podcast fix, right? All the major outlets, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, iHeart, any place you do podcasts and listen, you can find us. And Protus Global, which I always say that Protus Global fuels plant profits. You can find us anywhere on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, learn more about how we are building companies and um, with what we do and how we change people's lives and affect the businesses that we partner with. And you can find us at Global. Dot com, P-R-O-T-I-S, Global, G-L-O-B-A-L dot com. Until next time, I'm Vern Davis, your host of Plant Profits. Cheers.